Holy crap, you're listening to the White Wolf's Den. I'm doing my intro here at the Wilson Harding Golf Course at the famous Griffith Park. Somebody told me that it's the third largest park in America. I don't believe them, and I haven't checked yet, but I thought that was fun to say right now. Tom Peters is our next guest. He's the CEO of Undersea Energy. They turn algae into biodiesel. Enjoy. Well, we've been kind of busy, all, right. both of us, and... Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. How, are you on social media at all? I post, but I don't scroll. Yeah, there you go. So uh, yeah, I, I and I'm not. I don't get too crazy at, about like my personal life. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't put any of mine on there. Yeah, um, I, I, a little bit. I mean, I do. I try to put things that I think are cool. So last September, I got inducted into my high school hall of fame for football <laughs> not, not for like eating <laughs> but um uh, so this isn't the reason i proposed but it was some kind of cool fact is that the football field that i used to play high school football on was named after jen's grandpa so that's kind of uh, cool. i think you told me that before yeah. so then when i got inducted into the hall of fame when i got inducted in the hall of fame i uh Thought that would be a good time to propose to her. That's so cool. I, and I didn't do it like on the field in front of everybody because she's kind of shy, anyways. Yeah. I uh, we went back to her dad's house, and her dad knew. I think it was going to go down like that. I gave some. Her uncle got inducted as well, and I told same her, day. Same day, and so I told her uncle, I said, "Hey, give a speech, you know, and then I'll give a speech, and then like, and then um." In my speech, I'll propose, and there's like a video of it. I have—I don't know if I put it online. Maybe Jen did. I did it in front of the whole family, and they set it up kind of well too, because I was like all nervous, and I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is happening!" And like it kind of hit me because it's like it's a big deal, you know. You know, <laughs> you did it once, I think. I, mean, I don't know if you've done it again. I haven't—I don't see you, so no. I don't even know if you're married again. But it, I was like, ah, you know, I was like, oh my god. Uh, and then I said, oh, I've known her. You know how long I've been with Jen. I don't know the number. I know it's been long, though. <laughs> it's about, it was uh, 2009 is when I met her. Oh, I thought maybe you guys went to high school together. Well, you, you knew her from way back when. I know. We know mutual people. She went to the sister high school of the all-boys school that I went to. What is? Uh, I went to St. Francis. What is a sister high school? Oh, Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. It's actually where Meghan Markle went. No, wait. Fuck. I'm going to get blasted. Um, she went to Immaculate Heart. She went to Immaculate. Never mind. She went to Immaculate, but Sacred Heart is where somebody else famous went there. Some other, some the girl who's m- m- carrying John Stamos's baby. <laughs> she's, she's famous now. <laughs> she, uh, I think she was sort of on the up and up when she when she started dating him. But I think she was either in Jen's sister's class or maybe a year younger than Jen. Yeah, my high school we had a sister school and. Every now and when I went to Catholic school, I asked them, what was your sister school again? I, I don't remember. I used to know that stuff, yeah. but as time passes, it's kind of... Where'd you go to high... Do you remember where you went to high school? Barely. <laughs> Servite. You? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we talked about... Dude, you're going to have to forgive me. Like I have like overuse of brain uh, Alzheimer's. <laughs> so uh, so you went to Servite. I remember they, you guys were pretty good. In, did you play football? Mm-hmm. They were really good. In the beginning I did, but then I had to transition fully to water polo. I had to make a decision eventually. When, when did you make that decision in uh, high school? I didn't play my senior year of football. Okay. Okay. And what, what year did you, what, what year did you graduate? 2000. Ah, so you're, you're only a year older than me. 
You make me feel so unproductive. <laughs> um, I'm 2001. Yeah, 2001. So uh, you did you play water polo all through high school? Mm-hmm. All I right. got a late start. Like a lot of guys already played as kids, like a lot of sports. Um, it would be the equivalent of, I guess, Little League. So I got into it kind of late and found out I was actually not bad at it. So I just stuck to it and uh, worked out. Wish I, I wish I started as a kid, which could have been good or bad, because I think we know a lot of guys. I think baseball's one, but especially football. Because every time I talk to a guy at USC that played Pop Warner, dude was always burned out on football every single time. Like, they were always, oh, I hate football. I'm, I'm just doing it to finish out college. And you talk to him a little bit, like, oh, yeah, I play, I've been playing since I was 10. My parents made me go play in Pop Warner. And they're always burned out. So maybe it has a blessing in disguise I didn't start early. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I didn't start early playing football either. I, uh, back, back in my day, there was like only one little league, like Pop Warner thing, and I was too big for it. Oh, yeah, don't they have weight limits? I think that there's, a, it's different now, and I think they, they make it so that you can do. I couldn't do it back then. I, I could have done it, but I would have got my ass kicked because I would have had to play with older kids. Uh, and I, you know, I mean, I think it's just double-edged sword thing because I think. I would. I think it would have benefited me. I mean, I would have learned a lot more. But did uh, did you, even though I think I know the answer to this, did you end up getting a scholarship for water polo? That's a funny story, actually. <laughs> Academic scholarship, because now some of us that were involved with water polo, we look back on it like, why did they give us academic scholarships? Oh well, probably because they were selling them. They were selling the athletic ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. I because should, you went to which school? USC. So I should <laughs> sue them saying you, you sold my scholarship. I want I want retribution. I want some refund for that. Yeah, nice. So that that would have you went right out of high school, right? You didn't go to JUCO or anything. No, right out of high school. You so that was the two thousand two. How long were you at USC? Did you go all? Did you do like a red shirt year, or did you do like a, where you did you you know like you know what I mean, right? Like how many years of water polo? did you play there uh two i i had to focus on academics i didn't play every year ah but that what so it it was one of those years i think i i remember you saying uh it was uh they were the national champs did did you get to play the you get to what your first year were you playing yeah that's pretty cool yeah i i I wasn't i i I don't know if like football is different than other sports where it's like yeah, I, I don't think people can just go. It's really hard to go right into it and just head it, you know. Yeah, and plus it was tough because there was Olympians on the team too. <laughs> there was yeah. guys that were literally they they had to uh, leave. If you play in the Olympics that year, you have to sit the uh, college year. You can't play both. That you can play them simultaneously, but if it's wherever the year the Olympics was, you can't play your college year. You have to sit out a year. So there's a lot of fifth year guys in water polo's common for that reason. So they'll play the uh, academic, uh, or they'll play the, excuse me, the uh, Olympic, which I, I don't blame them. I mean, if you can go play in the Olympics, it's a once in a lifetime when you're young, go for it. Did, um, isn't, someone told me that water polo is basically trying to drown each other. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty accurate. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, uh, yeah, I, you know, I always thought I was a decent swimmer until I tried to play water polo, not in a shallow pool. <laughs> Because it's it's like when you look at those guys, it looks like they're basically standing in the water. It's crazy how, I I mean I was never, I mean maybe there was one time where I think I could have been in close enough shape where I could have done that. But I mean, 
I don't know how, how you guys did it. How long? How was the training like for that? So our training, I don't know, maybe it was spe- specific to the program, but it was you had to swim. Coach was kind of the his mentality was you have to. I'm not going to get you guys in shape at this level. You need to show up in shape. So depending on whatever your class schedule was, you had to schedule. There was always training on the board. You can go schedule blocks. So if you had, so there, not to say we didn't work out with the main coach, there was mandatory practice in the afternoons. Like you have to be there, schedule your classes around that. But the man, the, uh, they're almost like optional. So you had to swim so much a day you were expected to. You had to go sign up for weightlifting. You had to go sign up for so the swimming took about an hour, hour and a half. The uh, um, the weightlifting, you know, traditional, I guess, an hour or so of weightlifting, and then we had to sign up for like leg only classes. You basically just treading water for an hour, hour and a half, working on drills. They'd have up on a whiteboard, and you have to do the drills. And there'd be a like a graduate coach watching you or working with you on this stuff. But a lot of it was. He said, if, if you can't get yourself in shape, it's going to show in the game, you're just not going to play. That was his way. You know, in some countries, they, that's torture that they use when they capture their <laughs> the yeah. terrorists get you. Um, that's, yeah, well, that's, uh, what about, um, you, since you said you, fo- what did you study, like academic? So what was your folk business? No, I wasn't a business major. <laughs> I was an undergrad, I was a double major. I was at uh, economics and political science. Uh, did you want to be a politician or actually I want to be a lawyer at one point. So, you know, I, I've never, I didn't, I never really looked into political science when I was in college. So like when you, when you're studying political science, like why did how, so you want to be a lawyer, but why did you study poli sci? Well, I was looking at maybe being, uh, some kind of government lawyer at one time. Um, hmm. we didn't have criminal job. They had a criminology at USC, but they didn't have criminal justice, which a lot of them go. But actually, it was a original plan was I was going to. There was this program that LAPD used to have, and they used to work in the USC, UCLA, and probably I'm sure some of the surrounding colleges had it, where you, um, you if you get accepted out of right out of college, you go to the LAPD Academy, and you go there. It's like what six months, and then you work as a cop. So basically, you take a year off. And it coincides with you have to obviously get hired by it and you have to be accepted to a local law school. So you take that year off, you go to the academy, you work as an officer, and you work as an officer while you're going to law school. And the city will pay for it, and it's a, it's a fast track into the DA's office. So that was a program. I don't know if they still have that. They might. They, I think it's, I think they should be a good way to get DAs because they don't always get the highest quality off their own admittance that they just there's so much more money on the defense side of it compared to them. And I thought about that and I was pretty serious about it at one point. And then just talking to other DAs, like I got to meet with them multiple times and literally every one of them was miserable. And even some of them told me if, if you're not a hundred percent, this is the life you want. Don't do it. It's, it's not fun. They said just not the pay's not great. You get death threats. You get all your family's under threat. I mean, it goes with the territory. So you finished your degree though. Yeah. So what, so where, if you moved away from being from that career path, what was your next move after USC? Uh, for a while there, I didn't know what I did. Did some stuff with the Navy for a little while. Like you joined the Navy? Yeah. I was oh, working so I was, with them. I was literally going to ask you, cause I remember when you were in, when we were in the car, the, your Mercedes car, 
that you were listening to uh, the American Sniper story, I think. Oh, yeah. So I, I was still like, listen to that before races. <laughs> so I was like, I, I've known a lot of folks that were in the military, and they seem to, like, just absorb, like, a lot of, like, the old war footage. I'll watch, like, Patton a bunch and, like, you know, or the American Sniper stuff. So I was like, I knew this, that you had to have some sort of military. We never really talked about it. So you were in the Navy. In yeah, the Navy. Fun, fun fact. My plan was to be a Navy SEAL at one point. Um, a fun fact on that, water pole players have the highest success rate for the SEALs. Mm. That's a proven from... Obviously, athletes have a higher success rate than anybody for obvious reasons, but of the athletes, the water pole players succeed the most. So so what, what is the training? Because I've, I've, I think I've looked up that like every... Every military group has a different name for their tr- their intro training, right? Am I wrong? There's like boot camp for one and basic training for another. So what is the Navy's intro training? I don't know. What, I'm just For SEALs or for? For just joining, for once you first join or like, you know what I mean? I just don't know. Uh, I don't know. Basic. So there's basic for you. And then, so what is the process of getting to the SEALs? You have to like register or something? Well, yeah, I was going the officer route, so you have to... Uh... You have to be accepted. And they don't, they know just, you can't just go sign up and say, I want to be a SEAL. I'm like, okay, great. Here, go, go do it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work like that. I Especially see. when I did was, you know, still, still uh, post 9-11 was pretty new. So they had an influx of guys joining it during that era. So the lines were longer. So that's why I never got my chance. Um, got hurt. So, um, what do we, what did you get your back or yeah, something? Back injury. I had a feeling that's so like... I just never got my chance. Just never fully came up. So did you get discharged because of that? Yeah. Oh, I, I, do you, are you sad about that? Or are you kind of happy about that? <laughs> like... There's times I look back on it. Like, <laughs> it's like it's more of a, what if, like, what yeah. if I didn't hurt my back? Would if I did go to seal training and it's always going to be the, what if, would I have made it? You might've been the guy to kill Osama bin Laden. That's the, the other one. That's the other thought. Cause it would have been around that era. I mean, it would have still been of age and possibly still been in who knows. Um, yeah, I look at that cause it's always the, what if, I mean, I can't really, I don't necessarily call it a regret because I never got to chance to do it but so you never got sent to like active duty uh, i did you but did no, i did but nothing like uh and eh, nothing too too wild hmm. um this uh yeah it's always going to be the what if what if i went to seal training i'm always going to wonder what if could i have passed it because you know it's a lot of mental not everyone passes they have a high failure rate so i'm always going to what if that what if i did pass it and what if i became one a lot of different variables in there i might have been killed by now or i killed bin laden or who knows i think the marines and the army are the first ones to get killed i think that you would have been probably okay i mean yeah. i guess if you were a seal there's yeah higher probability yeah but i mean i feel like you guys they i mean they they're the intel for you for the seals seems like, like infinite infinitely better than like some of the other stuff i mean yeah they seem to to go in like knowing kind of what's going to happen obviously there's variables but well, so um, again, so <clears throat> the way I'm going with this is like, from what I know about you. So then, after the seals, when, when did uh, when did that certain East Coast school? <laughs> when did that? When did Harvard come into play? That's I, actually more recent. Is so, that more recent? So I did all that stuff. You know, it's like I'm. It's, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's like, man, that's so long ago. You just start looking at it from that side, like, oh yeah, I went to USC. 
Only because I and it was brought brought up because I'm going to the game this Saturday well, when they I, play Stanford. I brought up because you put that fucking Harvard shirt <laughs> because you're also he's a Tom's a, a Boston Red Sox fan. I mean, so he's like, but you do you kind of like the Dodgers too or what? I like the Dodgers. Oh, okay, well, I, you know at least I can. Yeah, you I mean I grew that. up here. I, <laughs> so I always get asked like, why aren't you an Angels fan? You grew up in Anaheim. So. Yeah. I was an Angels fan. I would love to be an Angels fan again as soon as the owner sells the team. I'm just not a fan of the guy for oh. various reasons. Yeah. I wasn't a fan. I mean, I wasn't a fan of... Uh, McCourt. Oh, my God. Every, I don't even want to hear that guy's name. It's, I feel like if you say it two more times, he's going to show up here. Um, but I just... Uh, I, you're a Patriots fan, a Red Sox fan, for sure. More than the Dodgers, right? Yeah. You're East Coast... Like I, but even though you grew up out here, when did when did that whole? How long have you been a Patriots fan? When did that well, happen? Actually, I was a Patriots fan in high school because Drew Bledsoe was my favorite player. So yeah. uh, when I get that gets brought, oh, you're a front runner. Like, no, I actually liked him when they weren't very good, um, playing similar position as him and similar builds and and. You were you were a quarterback backup. I was mostly a tight end back then. Yeah, um, I was, you're a big guy. I mean, you you're you know I think it'd be kind of. A, you, I mean, you're not as big as you were when I first met you. Yeah, a little smaller. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I did all that stuff in the distant past. I went back and got my master's. Um, but Harvard wasn't until later, and it was not the traditional program. I am listed as an alumni, so even I admit I kind of took a back door in. Hey, whatever. Hey, it got me in. So I did the uh, executive education program later, because I already had an MBA. I didn't need that. Um, so I didn't go the traditional MBA business school route. I, I went to Harvard Business School, but not what you would say is the traditional. I went the executive. You've already got an MBA, get additional. So when I met you, it was around two thousand. Was it two thousand fifteen? It was probably a little before when that. When was I would have to say when it was we? I met you on that bachelor party cruise, right? Was that when I met you? No, you knew no. me before that. So I want to say it was like eleven or twelve because I think I met him in ten. Uh, Actually, no, I did meet him in 10 because that's when, uh, yeah, I would have met him in, I think, in 10. Was that, is, uh, am I, I mean, I guess it's my show. I mean, I guess, I could, you don't mind me saying companies you've worked at before, right? Uh, the trucking company. Yeah, Do you still work there? Um, no, I'm still involved <laughs> with all the trucking stuff. You're like but a that's consultant? Actually, yeah, that's how I. Uh, are you are you hoping that they'll just forget about you and just keep, keep paying you? <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll eventually just forget. I there, mean, there was a guy. I don't know. Those corporations forget about people pretty fast. No, I read I read about this guy on Reddit who he said like, well, "What do you guys think I should do?" He goes, I, "I went to this company. It got bought out. They laid off a bunch of people. He ended up being hired as some sort of consultant, and he was making like six figures. Where he nobody he never got called. He never had to go in." He was just kind of traveling, and he was like saying, "Like I don't know, man. I feel like I'm doing something wrong." And they're like, "Well, you're a consultant." Yeah, write it out. Yeah, just write, write it, it out. Write it out so the uh, accounting yeah. department figures it out. So that I met, I remember, I, I just didn't know if I met you on that cruise or I mean, everything's blending together. I'm like really worried about the future of my brain, but like. Uh, Oh, that bachelor party cruise was something. That's why I'm a little let down about this like weekend. It's only like five or six guys going. So I told my girl, I was like, I'm going to have to have like another one. Like after we're married, like a boys trip. Like a real one? Well, I, my whole plan last year, as soon as I, dude, I, <laughs> when I proposed, I was more excited about like, I, the, I called, I think the first person I called for some reason was Greg, just because I, I don't know, he has some weird like lovable, like, like he's a friar or something. And I said... We're going to Cuba. <laughs> I was like, that's where we're going for the bachelor party. <laughs> and everybody was all stoked. But then I was like, 
uh, everybody got really busy, and then I didn't want to put burden. Some people can't afford to just drop everything and go to Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'd like to do something like that, like uh, or some type of boys trip with the people that I couldn't get going like tomorrow because it was like the wedding just came up. All it just started. Oh my god, yeah, it's getting stuff, closer. The stuff comes up fast. Mm. You like? Oh, I got six months. No big deal. But that. Yeah. That'll come up quick. Yeah. You, um, let's see. So, so Harvard, but it was Harvard before I met you? No, it was after. So while you were at Schneider or whatever, you were yeah. going over and doing that shit. Yeah. I was, uh, traveling. I actually got the okay from them to do it. To, Fuck. Uh, because dude, you were always, I always saw that was another, I'm going to put that. Well, yeah, if you probably remember that I was traveling out there all the time, like at least once a month I had to go out to Boston, um, I actually thought about moving there at one point, but it was not, again, it wasn't their traditional program, so it wasn't as uh, demanding as that. So I was able to live in California still, and I just traveled back and forth, which is great because I did build up a lot of miles doing it. Yeah. Got some pretty cool trips since then just based on miles. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of work. Um, did Schneider have an office out there? No. That it, sucks. No. But you could work remotely? Hmm? Well, then that's, like, brilliant. I mean, if you could go to school... Like while you're working, like Jen did that, they and they actually paid for her school yeah. because she was studying library. She got a literature degree. She got a job at a law office in downtown, and then they had a program where they, if you were studying something that would help, like the office or like your field there, she got a library science degree. They paid. And she did it all online, and now she has a master's. Now she works at UCLA. <clears throat> And now anybody who's listening who's a psychopath could stalk her now. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, sorry, Jen. Um, but uh, that's that's like really smart. I mean, for anybody listening, if you could get a job where the, well, the, a lot of people don't do that anymore. I think, uh, but like if you can, there's still I think UCLA does. You, if you're doing something to further your education, UCLA will pay you. I think universities will if you work for a university. That's a nice way to get some sort of free education. You could talk. I mean, we don't have to get political. But what do you think about all, I mean, again, I'm not trying to be like, oh, this guy has a company, like, you know, but like, what do you think about that? Do you think uh, there's some type of solution for education in this country? Do you think that we should uh, figure, like, do something like they do in, like, Europe or? Uh, I don't know if there's, there's not a simple one, two-step solution. It's, uh, yeah, um, it's funny you asked me that. It might have been the time we met because back in 2012, I ran for Board of Education you Nor did. in Orange County. Mr. Poli Sai. Yeah, and I, I had no intention of doing it. I didn't even want to do it. It but been brought to my attention like the last or the previous two years before I did it. Like, I want you to give it a try. Once you give it a try, you'd be good at it. Like, no, I just don't want to do that. It's, I came it's, up with a solution, my opinion of a solution, that I think both sides could agree on. And I'm going to bring it up because I don't think I brought it up on here. And if I did, I'm going to bring it up again and again. So I think California passed something about, like, junior colleges. Are they free now? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I think it was Gavin Newsom just signed yeah. that. I think it's, like, not immediate, but it gets slowly implemented that the first two years can be free. Even though I've, it's a tough one because even if they gave everyone a free two years, um, I was reading a rebuttal about that because I was curious. Like, to my knowledge, I mean, I I haven't taken a junior college class in, since summer school for <laughs> years, and I know populations changed and all that. So, is everyone truly going to be able to get in? And maybe your person that's been a two year they they're 
first two years, they're done in two years. Is that now going to take them three or four because they just can't get the classes in there? Because now it's just going to be so inundated. Mm-hmm. Um, being that I don't, at least in this area, Southern Cal, maybe they have. But I don't think they've built any or added any new additional junior colleges, to my knowledge. Not so that I know. I that's know all you, smart things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we really, you're going to have everyone gets it for free now and it sucks nobody should not go to college because they can't afford it i agree that's yeah. that's crappy you should be have the right to go at least further yourself and better yourself but some something i figured out about like politics or like any type of legislation or making things happen it, it's gonna take a long time so like, it's something that we should all agree on is that no matter what we think of it's gonna take a minute except I have a way of like a transitionary period if we do want to move towards like at least what what we really should provide is education that will I think help the country or help you know so like I think that they should add courses to junior colleges and community colleges I went to junior college I'm going to say I went to Mount Sac you know and I and I we, I had some sort of financial aid, which people who are poor can get also. And my classes were cheap. They were like seven bucks. Um, they were like seven. It's like seven bucks a, a unit or something. It was pretty cheap, you know. And there's still people who can barely, if not, they can't afford that. So my proposal was we add classes like carpentry or uh, plumbing trades. Add some trades, mechanics basic things that we all need more of and anything else we could think of some sort of at least introductory class to any type of sciences that we can add instead of saying free which makes certain people lose their shit we should say you're gonna pay for it but if you get a certain grade and you pass in in like a certain time like maybe it doesn't just have to be two years maybe it's three years due to like you know competitiveness or something but say you pass in a certain amount of time you get a rebate oh i I agree you got to give some people an incentive because i also think that goes along with what i said you don't want to just slam the system immediately just slam the system with anyone and everyone who i think i want to go to college but they're not really serious about it so are they taking a seat away from a kid that's truly getting the grades and he's serious and He's going to get a 4.0 at the junior college and transfer to a UCLA and, you know, go on to be a doctor or something. But, no, I, I also agree with the trade side. We need mm-hmm. to need to up trades, especially now with uh, – I always think of this example. So it's a friend of the family. They uh, He's a mechanic. He went to school for it, and I don't know the exact school, but he's got all of his certifications to be an auto mechanic. And he said – he owns his own shop. Um, he's got a couple guys working for him and he said you know i did a lot less school and it wasn't the uh the ideal probably uh glamorous route to go an auto mechanic but he says my earnings every year is a lot more than the average doctor yeah and that's just if you're a good mechanic, auto mechanic right? you can make a lot of money does he own his own business though yeah see that's a, the thing is like you know you can you get you learn in the field like you know like if you get that trade and you start working for somebody you could learn how they did it i mean because business is all about doing the dirty paperwork that nobody feels like doing that's really what business is it's going and getting the insurance risking capital i mean you're taking a risk you know a lot of that's another like a lot of people they 
they talk shit about like businesses and they say all oh, these CEOs they they make all this money and it's and again I'm not gonna f go on here and defend capitalism to the end or anything and I'm not gonna s promote socialism I have to say all this because everybody's gonna get offended and I have to make disclaimers but it 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 it, it, it takes if it's so easy to be CEO then why doesn't everybody just go do it. I mean, it's hard. And there's a lot of people from the ground up now. It's easy to be uh, born into a lot of money and go... That, I mean, we could sort of be mad at that. I mean, but it's hard to go and and risk everything for an idea. Or And, and that's why it's like a guy like your friend who... He didn't just go out and start a business, right? I mean, he no, worked he for a worked company for, for... He actually worked for Mercedes yeah, for a little while. You gotta learn the ropes, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so, so, yeah, but I think... Uh, because, I mean, on, uh, going back to, like... Like the university paying for school or whatever, and like what they're doing now, and like my rebate plan. How many got people did you know who went to uh, junior college for seven years? I know a lot. That went, I know seven, not a lot, but I know some that plan. went for quite a seven-year plan and yeah. never finished there. Yeah, I don't even think they had an AA. They yeah. just took classes, and probably they would have never admitted it, but they sure. dropped them all the time, or they just it was you. You can drop them or. <laughs> I think, isn't there like a couple versions of dropping? You can drop early. You can drop withdrawals or what is something. If you do, if you start a class and you and you get out of there super quick, you get it. You don't get a withdrawal. I mean, I think there was a thing where you could drop, and it doesn't really count. And if you yeah. drop after a certain time, then you get a W, and then you could retake the class either once or twice. I don't remember that rule and how it's changed. There's a friend of mine, uh, Thomas. He's a singer in, in Germany, like kind of a pop star guy. But he was studying. Um, I think he wants to beat cancer. He wants to fight cancer, so he's studying like biology and chemistry and other weird things. And but the, the, so in Germany, they they pay for that. And I think in a lot of European countries, they'll pay for school. Uh, I mean, it's a different country. There's a lot of people here, so that's like again the big argument. It's like, oh, there's so many people. I think that there should be some way that we work towards funding education like that, to, because we need stuff like that. We need people to fight cancer and things like that. And uh, and there might be people in the rough, some diamonds in the rough, you know. No, that's yeah. That, I've always stood by that. That yeah. There's some. <clears throat> There's some kid out there that's going to do something great. He's just not given given the right tools, or uh, you could. I guess it goes back to, um, oh, well, even kind of with the whole conversation right now. Some people are some people win the lottery when they're born. They just won the genetic lottery. It's just how it is. That's very they true. They just win the genetic lottery. I mean, there's some people that uh, they just been dealt a very very bad hand, and I know we we both know plenty of people like that. Just delta band hand and never could get ahead of it and it sucks i'll, I'll say for me um i mean i mean i'm not trying to get to, again too political but there's always this discussion of privilege and i believe in it and i'll tell you why uh i grew up in a position where you could consider myself having a bad hand my mom had me when she was a teenager like my mom isn't even 50 yet I'm, I mean, I can, you can do the math. I'm 36. She's, this is her year. I think this is going to be her 50th birthday. She, uh, my dad was never around. Uh, both of my grandparents were sick at home at the same time. And both of them racked up like 17,000 in credit card debt each. Back then was a lot more, probably <laughs> yeah. double what it but is. But what sucks is they should have done way more. 
<laughs> that was my, my my buddy said he goes back in the day because we were talking about it there were some people by the way uh, i'm going half off topic but that bought houses with credit cards and they would like keep the house and bank oh they i mean they're the ones who screwed it up for all that little scam you know uh but my, my buddy said that he racked up 50 G's in debt, and then he goes, and you know what? And I said, what, you feel bad about that? And he goes, fuck no. He goes, I should have done 150000 because he could have back then. Now you can't do that. But but they had seventeen k each because uh, they were shit with their money, you know? And when, my, when they died, like, it was me and my mom. We were in a really tough place. And uh, the only reason why I did well is because I had a big support group. Like, my godmother used to – she paid for my high school. She paid for all my private school. And private school was helped me a lot. Uh, when I when I did college prep at St. Francis, uh, I didn't go to a, I didn't have a college class that was any different than my high school classes. They were the same. It was like the same format. So it was like I was like, oh, just keeping high school going again, you know. Uh, I had coaches. So football was my dad. I did karate. Karate was my dad. All the sports and stuff that I did, that was the backhand to this, to my back of my head to make sure I stayed in line, you know? And so, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. So like you said, there's a lot of underprivileged people and, 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 I, and I, you know me and, and you've seen, like right now I work in film. I, I work on a, a hit TV show on ABC. I, I write music. I directed, you don't know this, because uh, I haven't been blasting it yet because it's not done yet. I just directed my friend's music video. They got signed to Sony. Uh, they said signed to Hero Records, which is a subsidiary of Sony. My friend, I, they were the number three on my podcast. I interviewed them at the Viper Room. They're called Secret Social Club. I, they said they were making a video. I was hanging out with them, and uh, the singer, who's a friend of mine, of like since he was 16, and he goes, "Yeah, we're trying to find a guy to direct a video." And I was like, "Well, maybe I'm fucking, maybe I'm fine." And he goes. And then he introduces me. Yeah, this is our director. And I was like, what? <laughs> and um, so I directed a music video. Things are looking up. Like, things are kind of happening. So I'm kind of happy. Uh, and it turned out cool. I'll show you some stuff later. Um, I, 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 I sh it shouldn't be this way. Because I, I should have been broke. I should have been I should have been fucked up. It, I, I don't know what I would be doing. But I, I, I mean, I, I got lucky, too. I, there was some... I had really good support, you know. So one of those, as I alluded to earlier, one of the, how I said I ran for school board, uh, yeah. board of education back then. Um, one of the reasons that I finally just gave in and did it was a lot of pressure. Um, obviously after I got, I don't know if I was supposed to see him, but I saw all the school's finances and the district's finances and all that. And I started looking through it and it's crazy, but it's crazy. I've so kind of on that subject line is one of the areas and they were making budget cuts. And one of the areas where they were cutting was um, athletics. Athletics was being cut back quite a bit. And I showed them the statistics, and I, I can't believe none of them saw this. I said, I'm, I got, I don't know, I got leaked your numbers, so whatever. If you know, I don't care. It's public information, my, my mind anyway. It is. But it is public. So it's public information. It is. So, no, I presented it yeah. to the current board members, and I showed them, I said, you're going to cut education, but you have the stats over here that show people that are involved in athletics. So ultimately, they were losing money because the state cracked down on uh, absentees. So if kids weren't coming to school, they're like, we're not paying you because, mm. you know, they get paid per student <laughs> in a class. And they had a pretty high absentee rate in some of the schools. And but they showed the statistic that the kids that were involved in athletics 
arts included, but just specifically athletics, had like a 90-something percent uh, attendance rate. They were there. Like, so if you're getting your money cut by not having by your attendance, why would you cut away from the group that's, you know, fueling a lot of your uh, kids that are in the classrooms? And frankly, athletics is probably keeping a lot of that's the only reason they're going to graduate. You talked to us and I got to talk to some of the kids from different schools. Just, hey, what do you like about high school? Oh, I like my I like playing football. I like playing basketball. I like baseball. I like, well, you know, softball, whatever, uh, men and women. And that was one of the statistics. I went, Again, I went back to the board member and said, this is why I'm running, because you guys are just cutting what's bringing your kids in. And It's some, a way out. It's a way out for a lot of kids. And some it's of a way out for me. I got a football scholarship. I wouldn't been able to pay for, scho- for college. And some of these kids just looking at him like, you kind of just look like, oh, I'm a, I play football. And you're like, hey, I don't want to rain your praying, kid, but you're just not built for the next level. Don't don't stop doing it you might prove everyone wrong you but can go to juco and by the way even from there it's not about d1 there's naia there's d3 i was telling so i used to i helped out a year at glendale uh, glendale high school and there were some kids there that and they weren't as good as we were at st francis when i was there but you know what they had a lot of heart man and 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 they actually went from a one and nine team to six and four and they lost getting to the playoffs by a coin toss they and they I, I talked to these kids and I, that I saw talent in, and I was like, "So, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do after high school? What's call? Which college are you gonna go to?" He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I was like, "You're fine. You're good. Like, you should go try to play." He goes, "College ain't for me." I said, well, "I'm not talking about like college, college yet. Like, go to JUCO." I said, "Dude, there were guys. There were, and I don't know if I'm exposing some shit, <laughs> but like, there were Samoans that failed everything." And they st- obviously, I'll say that they were incredible at football, but they still went D two, like because the, the, even though they, their grades weren't there, they were able to go D two and try again. Like I was like, you can go NAIA, and you you just have to recruit yourself. Like, but they don't believe in themselves a lot of these kids, anyways. But at least you know it kept them out of trouble while they were in high school. They cut arts too. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I feel the same with the arts as the athletics because it's another. If a kid's involved in band if he's involved in something essentially i don't i wasn't a fan of them cutting any extracurricular activities because that's what's keeping them in there that's i mean your general kid is um with the athletics just specific but arts too i mean band's not an easy thing you got to still practice you still got to work hard it teaches them hard work and time management all real life skills that these kids needed when I was uh, I was teaching uh, at this shop in Glendale. Uh, it's called Montrose, and they're, and they're part of Glendale, the the city. I don't know how, how familiar you are with Glendale. The I've heard city. of Montrose. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's you know they shot Sons of Anarchy there. Uh, just so you know, I've that's never kind seen of a cool it. little fact. I, it, it's it's I I barely seen it, but I, but it's kind of a cool little fact. They do shoot a lot there. It's a really cute little town. I was talking to somebody, a uh, shop owner, who is part of the board of Montrose, <clears throat> and he is. Uh, he's political <laughs> we always get into these talks but it's it's all i'm very civil i'm very patient and you know even though we don't see eye to eye we, we get along we love talking about it he was telling me the city of glendale showed their budget and they're in the red because of like pensions and sit things that and these they have exorbitant salaries like some someone uh i don't want to get this wrong but one of the one of the council members is making like 400 grand a year plus and then they're gonna get then they're gonna get 90 percent pension which is oof, that's i think that's kind of ridiculous uh 
The reason that this was brought up is because Montrose right now has a wonderful parking system for the for patrons. Uh, there's free parking everywhere. There are parking meters in the street, and I believe it's 25 cents for 15 minutes, so a dollar an hour. And the city is trying to come in and f- put a stop to all that free parking. <laughs> they're trying to say it's going to be this much per hour. It's going to—they're going to double that. There, and then there's all these parking lots, and they're going to turn those into pay to park. And he, and then the owner was like, "Just so you know, I brought these numbers in." And we bring in seven million dollars uh, or whatever. We bring in these mil- many, many millions of dollars a year in revenue. You're gonna screw, like, so you're gonna get try to take from us because you're mismanaging your money, and we're paying our share. Like, you can't come in. And they were like, they actually had to like, they were like, ah, oh, shit. This guy did his research. This guy looked it up. <laughs> like, so there's like a whole battle going in because that Montrose is trying to fight because they were like, we want this parking. It's been like this forever. Everybody's fine. Everybody's paying their taxes. They're paying their shit. Get out of our, you know, like, there's misappropriation everywhere. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's just government. It's yeah. never going to be a, if it's not. It'll never be run like no. a business. And I even when I ran, I had that mindset that we're going to run it like a business. You didn't win, I assume. No, I got in. <laughs> no, I. Some ways that's another blessing in disguise. Yeah. I I got in literally the last day to register as a yeah. candidate. I signed up that day. I was going against two people that both had been doing it since I was in high school. So they were just, you know, it was just the same people doing the same stuff over nothing ever changed. Yeah. I, I kind of went into it. I hate going into something knowing that you're probably going to lose, but that was the reality that I had a lot working against me. And I thought at the time I was like, okay, if I, if I break 10,000 votes, I'm happy. Cool. I, I got 18,000. Hey. So that was cool. <laughs> I got almost double what I thought I would get. That's pretty good. I always and and like and this was your first time running for any type of office. I feel like I would get like two hundred votes if I because this do you know man I don't know I don't it's, know how it's these tough because I was running in local. I beat him. I was always uh, voted the winner of the uh, when we actually got to debate him because every time there's any type of local debate, I'm like hell yeah, I'll go debate these guys. Put me up. I beat him every time, mm-hmm. but that it's a local office. It's not nobody sees it. Mm-hmm. So unless you're there witnessed it firsthand even with social media and that stuff being posted just it only hits so many people and it, it's tough when you're lo- running those local offices because again two people have been doing it since i was high school they had a lot of name recognition and people will always vote name recognition goes a long way in voting mm-hmm. that's, that's how it is yeah. especially in the locals that's just how it is yeah, there was a when when they were doing some local elections uh, that I try to go. Those are the ones that really count to me because uh, that's you're, you know that's these are the guys making all the legislation for shit you can control. You can't really control what the federal government does really. So uh, this guy came up to my door and he was an economic an AP economics teacher at some high school and he was talking to me about some things and we saw eye to eye on some things and I was like, this is the guy. Like he came to the door and he was like very reasonable and he didn't get like 10% he got like shit of the votes like he didn't get it nobody I'm like what are these you know but people just vote party lines and they do their things and I, I I guess he didn't have the name or whatever but he he seems so damn reasonable anywho uh let's get back uh we had a nice little chat of like personal life and things like that very long <laughs> and that's good we, we were catching up 
the reason why I brought you in today too was because you know I follow you on on whatever social media. If if I'm scrolling, which I don't do that often, and uh, I've heard I'm, I've always been interested in. I mean, I would love to start a, a rad business. I'm trying to sneak in little places, but uh, old Tom Peters here, Thomas Peters. As always, he's got his hands in a few interesting pots, and the, what I know him for specifically is uh, renewable energy sources, specifically uh, algae used as biofuel for uh, to create diesel for uh, trucks. He was in the trucking industry, and again, still is, but like more as a consultant rather than a full-time employee. So, tell us about uh, that that uh, industry. Um, so original idea came while, while I was in the industry, um, probably a lot of us remember back when, um, probably 2010 era, um, when fuel got extremely expensive I think it was like $5 a gallon in most places, at least out here in California, which back then was extreme $5 a gallon out here now, probably not quite as extreme as it once was. But back then that was pretty significant. Cause I think prior to that, it was like two something three at most. Um, so there was a lot of, uh, I knew what biodiesel was. I, at the time just thought it was that, that stuff they make from corn and use cooking oil. <laughs> Willie Nelson does. That's all I thought Is it was. Is that considered biodiesel? Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, it's anything that was like food or f- mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. Then yeah. it, it, it's renewable fuel at that point. Cause yeah. it's from something else. It's not petroleum, which obviously is not renewable. I knew someone in, uh, that had a Volkswagen that they would go to fast food places and they'd get their grease or some crap. And yeah, I remember that. So yeah, you can, it's not hard to make. It's yeah. a lot like brewing beer. Actually. It's not, not difficult. You can do it in your backyard and, a lot of not necessarily in California, but a lot of farmers do it. They just they have little mini systems that they use, and they make fuel to fuel their own tractors. So was that those gas prices piqued your interest in that? Hey, they, we got to figure this out. That's what got you into renewable energy. Yeah, it was uh, at that time. There was a lot of companies that were coming around trying to sell it because obviously, if there's there was a, a push with the government to get off of the fossil fuels and get into the renewable fuels at that time it, it, and this stuff's been around since the 70s it's not like brand new it's not that i like oh my god i discovered this not even no, not even close I mean, yeah it, it's almost impossible to discover anything yeah, it's pretty nowadays hard. <laughs> pretty hard um you can perfect things but not discover yeah, that's i mean that's all i'm hoping for <laughs> Um, so companies would come around trying to sell it to other trucking companies and I'd get wind of it. And I just had a general interest like biodiesel. Okay. What is this stuff? And I started to meet with these companies and just in general interest, Hey, can I come by your, your location? I'm just interested. So I don't, I I don't even fully know what got me interested in it, to be honest, but it it got, got me right away. So I went to see these guys like, how are you making? Oh, we're used, we're doing used cooking oil. We're doing, uh, corn or we're doing uh there's a bunch of different methods there's there's some algae companies out there and uh so i went to look at their method okay gas or excuse me diesels let's just round up for sake five dollars a gallon right now okay how much are you guys selling it to companies for oh we can give it to you for you know six or seven dollars a gallon like you know that these companies have boards right they're gonna have to go explain that i mean you you got to be cost competitive with petroleum and it's a very difficult thing to do. And so I started, you know, researching the ways that they did. It and I just started doing just general internet searches to begin with. And that was about the, the same time I was going to USC. 
um, for my master. So it's just researching and being general interest in that. And I started to come to the conclusion, like, there's something here. You guys don't have it because right now you're just following the lead. You're doing what everyone else does. You're going to have to think outside the box to do something on this. And it's not going to be easy. I mean, if you're, I think the other conclusion I came to is the only way these guys, and, and unfortunately a lot of them still, only make money on off of the gov government subsidies on it. That's it. Like, I, without naming them, I met with one of the biggest ones in the U.S., and they basically let me in that, well, currently the federal government or Congress specifically is holding up the uh, the uh, rebates for this stuff because you get a dollar a gallon tax credit on it and the government hadn't signed a new budget so that hadn't been come out yet. So they were essentially borrowing money. I said, well, what about your earnings from your, just your general? Like what earnings? We don't make money on this. We only make money on our per gallon, the the tax credit, that's it. Like, wow so that's how they were making money and i just i knew that there's there has to be some way to make money on that not just that not just on government handouts there's a there's something there again a lot of these companies just they didn't have it um so i just started researching it came to the conclusion okay algae has the highest oil yields of the feedstock that's used okay there's something here how do i do it and i said and i just happen to love the ocean and Actually, the moment that I came that, okay, algae is the, the, the way was, it was in, I forgot the name of the park. It's in San Pedro, up on the hill that overlooks the port of LA. And I don't even remember why I was up there. And I was sitting at this park just overlooking the port of LA. And Were you meditating? <laughs> no, I, I hadn't got into it yet. Because I, I see those pictures. Of oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you were up there yeah, looking at the benefit. port. No, so I was looking over the port, and I said, okay, I'll, and there was a really big push at the port of L.A. and Long Beach to have more of these renewable fuels. And I think at that time, actually, natural gas trucks were becoming more popular, even though they don't really exist in the industry anymore for a variety of reasons. So I look into this to the over the port of LA and I looked to the right and you, that's when you got the open ocean I said okay and really the con so the final um I guess where the epiphany whatever you want to call it came said okay if I was to do some and you're gonna have to grow something so it's gonna require a tremendous amount of land to do this if you're gonna do that if you try to go around these port areas and minimize your transportation you're gonna spend millions of dollars before you ever even start but if I look to my right, you got a wide open ocean and who can charge you for that space? Nobody. And there's more ocean space than anything. That's where the idea came from. It's okay. There's, I got to figure out how to make the ocean work because a lot, there was other companies at the time they were doing it out in the middle of the desert, which is hundred, 200 miles away. Whereas the ocean open oceans only six miles out where you legally can start doing things without having to deal with the local municipalities. So it's that, a little, not as hot. Yeah, a little bit, a little cooler. <laughs> Wait, so you can grow algae in big ass tanks yeah, in the desert? You can. And it's not people the, do the it. Temperature is not too bad out there. Like no, for that, algae you figure algae like grows really well in places like uh, Florida, where it's obviously very hot and humid. It actually likes that stuff. And there's thousands. The, of, do you know the point, the hot point, where it's like... Uh, there's so many different strands of it, too. <clears throat> Plus, a lot of strands are genetically modified now to where they can withstand that, and they, they grow faster with that. So what was uh, so what was your process for, like... What was your process um, to, like, your first 
pod or ball those giant the balls what, what was that? yeah so they first actually started as a tote um Wait, oh you just went oh, small. like a, or no it's like i think that's what they call them totes or like a couple hundred gallons yeah. um you see like cooking oil delivered to uh restaurants oh, is, the, is it a similar thing to catching rainwater type stuff yeah like yeah. those they're plastic yeah. bin, like bin looking and things and you started in your garage yeah just did it in the garage and backyard and first i did in the garage and with uh with lights like grow lights is, is there oh okay i was gonna say are you afraid to tell us your secret the colonel's recipe because i was like so what do you just have water what do you do how do you do you just add, get a where do you get the algae at first you just well the one the versions i use come from the university of texas so they're there you bought it mm -hmm. so so how much what how much does it cost to buy your first uh, it's ship? pretty cheap actually the first i contacted the i was, did some internet searches the university of texas had a program i think university of texas and iowa have pretty big programs so what do you get them by the gallon yeah, and, and what do you just it. pour like a little in each thing and then they f multiply huh? yeah, it grows it'll more than double its size in 24 hours so oh, it, it grows extremely rapid so um just started with totes um first used a grow light till i realized how much um electricity. your electricity bill yeah. goes up with grow lights in your house it's like bitcoin <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i didn't uh, i didn't want the police <laughs> knocking on my door someday saying well, you know your your electric bill spiked why yeah. is that so like okay i'm gonna have to move these to the outside so i put them out in the backyard and then they just did their thing they did their thing but then it came up to with another problem is that if you have grow lights you got 24 hour light where if you put it outside you only got half the day mm. with the sun so that's where the idea like okay i thinking it's gonna have to be something that's if i'm gonna do it out in the ocean it's gonna have to be enclosed and you start running into multiple problems as large as the ocean is if you have something on the surface some idiots jet skiers whatever they're gonna run in someone's gonna run into it it's inevitable so that's where it really just came in the process of elimination okay let me submerge them because then they can be suspended and there's a lot more space under the surface than there is just on top so are they like held down with anchors or something yeah they're tri-anchored um then there was another piece i kind of learned through learned through it that with the sun and with just general oxygen algae will grow fast but if you have and i started figuring out some of them um they make them they grow it in tubes also in uh, reactors and they they do that versions mostly done for omega-3s because that's a pretty big thing in the algae world they make i know it says fish oil but it's not fish oil it's, it's algae it's oil? algae it's algae <laughs> i didn't know that either i thought it was like fish oil when they spoon made full of algae gets yeah. the omega-3s is that how they make uh, cod liver oil now with algae yeah it's all Bullshit. algae <laughs> i thought the same i thought oh maybe when they make fish sticks or something the excess oil they sell off to this but no it's it's algae how many so how many uh underground what are, so what do you call these things pods orcaspheres orcaspheres i actually wrote that down and i should have known that uh how many of these orcaspheres do you have uh some of them have come back there's 17 out there right now Oh, is, is there is so uh, and and you're selling biodiesel now mm -hmm. the okay. trucking companies right? so and so and so that and now your business is like you let your money sit in there and then you get another orchestra every so often how, how often are you getting a new yeah i'm trying to perfect them so oh when i was going with the uh piece earlier uh, that i figured out if i have them in the open air yeah. and and part of the reason they came to the conclusion to submerge them was if you have them submerged, it's a controlled environment because now it's enclosed. But if you 
If you use general just oxygen as we breathe, they'll grow fast. But if you use car CO2, they grow extremely fast because algae converts it converts it to oxygen. So where do you get the CO2? Oh, you just buy it right now. There's another... Wait, so do you have something hooked up to the orcosphere that the, is... So It pumps CO2 into it. There, there's tanks on the bottom of them where it, it pumps CO2 through the bottom. It's kind of like... Uh, and you don't need sunlight. There's, sun, there's light there's inside. There's light. There's light inside, so where I can't... You said, am I going to give away the whole thing? Well, you don't have to give... give no, no, away, there's... Don't give, give everything away. It's powered by an OTEC system. Yeah. That I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, and that's the one that <laughs> I've had. Secret. I've had offers on to buy that, which that's probably actually currently the most profitable thing of the whole company is nice. that OTEC system that was developed. It's ocean thermal energy conversion. Yeah. OTEC is not an unknown. It's a known process, but it's usually big, and they do it like it's pretty big in Hawaii. They use it for electricity, but I think I accidentally kind of figured out how to make it on a smaller level and just researching and trial and error, and it, it's enough to to power one of these things so it's it's self-sustaining so 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 that well that's incredible so how do you harvest it uh put on some so they're about 30 40 meters down because i don't want to i keep them out of the shipping lanes and i just don't want somebody to run into it yeah, i was gonna say how do you keep people from messing with your balls yeah they uh <laughs> they're well they're pretty big so they're hard to get to most well, people probably wouldn't realize you don't even know that they're there i would i mean i certainly wouldn't know i i mean um maybe if i take my new drone out that i i've been right there i got a new drone it's pretty cool i'll go search for your balls uh <laughs> yeah, about six miles out rough <laughs> well, beach shit that's like the limit it goes like five five miles and but that's if it's a clear signal so i was gonna say so you go and harvest it manually then yeah it's a manual process at current present time which i'm trying to get away from because my he i value my hearing and so at current state i have to go down um we use a fishing vessel i have a have trade fuel for services with them and it's a pretty simple process for them because we're not going that far out and it, it's not like searching for fish we i know where it's at so i go down there i hook it up i raise it up to the top we use we just pump the algae out into a tank which being a fishing vessel they have storage tanks where they hold the fish in the ice just pump it right into there um then uh i leave about 10 percent of the content in so it can regrow yeah it'll, it'll just constantly regenerate itself i pump the water back in um hook, re hook up the co2s make sure everything's functioning and drop it right back down it's pretty quick turnaround actually so how how much how much algae do you get out of those harvests in gallons when all said and done depending on the size of them i get seven thousand gallons so that's per ball Per, yeah, per about, about on average. And and when you're going in that boat, you'll get, but you you'll basically only be able to get one, at one ball out, right? Depending on the fishing vessel size and the size of the the sphere that's out there. And this is seven thousand gallons of raw algae. This is not because you have to process it, right? Oh, it's it's more than seven thousand gallons. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, but you. But but, I mean, when I when all said and done, when it goes through the process, because it's not because there's additives and things. Yeah, right? there's additives, and then there's obviously you got to remove the oils from the solids. Because um, right now there's there's always an excess solids, which I just give to a company in Norco. I think they're from Norco Corona. So you they can use make it for animal feed. Of, uh, I just give it to them for free. Yeah, that's nice of you. <laughs> hey, they're feeding. Do you do a tax write off though? I probably could, but well, I get I get tax write offs. I actually I max them all the time because of because uh, of your costs and all that. Well, shit, right? yeah, and the um, we get the dollar per gallon. And which, are you doing tax credits too? Mm -hmm. to get, yeah, well, why the hell not? Right, you get yeah, entitled to them. It's a 
it's a rem rem number so you got to keep you got to keep track of what you're producing i know there's a lot of fraud in it yeah. it's hard well, to sometimes for fraud in any anytime everything. there's a government money this, subsidies there's fraud in it it's inevitable i'm convinced god every there's so many scams everything is a scam nowadays um so what is the refining like who does that for you who yeah, or do you I have, have the, the i have the machinery you for do it. it it's pretty um, oh you have a warehouse or something mm -hmm. huh. so a friend a friend I made in the trucking industry had his own company, and he has a warehouse that's literally across the street from the main rail yards in L.A. And we just bonded early and made a close friendship. And essentially, he always says, "I probably one of the few people we met in the industry that never tried to screw him over. So that was always a good thing. And he gave me, he doesn't use the whole warehouse, so there's actually a back portion of it. He lets me keep everything in there and convert it right there. Brilliant. It's not... Um, I, you get by with a little help from your friends. Yeah, it's helped a lot because <laughs> that's prime real estate for what I'm doing. Um, couldn't have planned that any better, but it's not hard to do. Like I said, people do it in their backyard. People, um, so essentially the systems are automated. They do a lot of it by themselves, and it's something you can buy. They're not cheap, but you can buy them. So it's, again, nothing I invented. Nothing. Huh. I wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel there. How big is the footprint? Of this of this system that turns the algae into fuel, not much at all. So um, did you you bought a system or did you have to kind of come up with it? I from bought scratch? a system. I bought a like a starter system initially, and taught myself all the directions. Watched a lot of YouTube videos to figure out how to do it. Um, I think that system was like fifteen hundred dollars, so it was pretty. And you couldn't make much, but, but you've, at least you've uh, you've added to it. Yeah, since. it's. That was the initial system. I still have it as a backup if I absolutely need them. Is that the is you uh, dude? A while back, there was a commercial that I saw that not a commercial, but it was like more of like your uh, teaser film. I don't know if you still have that or if that's on YouTube. That yeah, so it was like a commercial where you said, "This is my trucking area," and then you like I don't know if there was some friend of yours directed it. Oh or something. yeah, yeah, that was just a quick. Th we actually posted that to um, oh, what group was that? Is a comp tech crunch. Did, so did, I saw an area where there were a bunch of trucks. Is that your buddy? And that's where mm -hmm. you have your and thing? And the systems are right there. I think in the video Wait, it shows those systems. is that buddy using your fuel mm -hmm. for those trucks? That's, so that's one of your clients right now. So yeah, the beauty of it is is I fuel him and then just contacts I made with smaller trucking companies. Because of the location where it's at in the city of Commerce, They can I can call ahead, hey, I'm going to have, depending again on the company, I'm going to have you know 1,000 gallons right now. And which seems like a lot, but one of those trucks takes over a hundred each. Yeah. So I might only be filling eight trucks. And I, because I, I hear that from people like, oh my God, you're making 2,000 gallons you're going to sell today? I'm like, break it down to how much one of those trucks works. It's really not much. Yeah. I'm really not making a significant impact. Not yet. I mean, that, I, and I know that I knew this going in that this one was going to be a marathon. It's going to take a long time. Well, the, the long everything. The success is long term, yeah, no matter it's, what. This is not an overnight yeah. thing. This wasn't a quick turnaround where hey, I'm going to make a lot of money and get out. It's so not the case. What's your? I remember it was like Calxir. Is that what's your company? Oh, that name? was a that was set up as a research nonprofit. Oh, okay. What's your What's your company Undersea called? Energy. So Undersea Energy for sure, yeah. and that's on Instagram. Yeah. And do you have a website? Yeah. Underseaenergy.com. Underseaenergy. Underseaenergy. domains exist now. Oh. <laughs> we should get... I need to get into that game. The domain game. Yeah, there's a, a lot of money Mark into Mark Cuban. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm dealing with that now. There's a, the other company I started more recently, yeah. the 
Ghostbusters.com's available, but it's an auction for thirty thousand dollars right mm. now. So yeah, there's a lot of money in that game. Who, so you, how often do you go to these conferences? I've been seeing because uh, you go, you go to like undersea and is it well just renewable energy conferences? Yeah, it varies. I kind of toned some of them back. I don't, some of them I just didn't. I went because I was invited and I wasn't doing too much. You weren't make, meeting any like good contacts there. I oh feel, yeah, yeah, I am. But the problem being still is. Uh, a lot of them are just stuck in the old ways, and I unfortunately missed Mark Cuban at a conference. I saw him, but he wasn't there very long. I was hoping to get to talk to him, but... You don't want to do the Shark Tank thing. Tried. He did. I he tried. did. I did try. What happened? Uh, so I went to an open tryout in Vegas. No way, yeah. And I talked to them, I presented to them, and they were... It was kind of cool. I'm like, man, I'm, I might be a shoe-in for this, because I had... You mean they were there? No, the no, no. Damon, about- Damon John was there, okay. but I didn't get to talk to him, so I don't want to mislead there. Damon John, no, okay. actually at the Shark Tank, Mark Cuban wasn't there. This was yeah. at another conference he was at. I, I missed him there. Um, when I went to the Shark Tank trial in Vegas, it was during CES, yeah. and uh, Damon John was there. I didn't get to talk to him. Um, saw him up close, but didn't actually sit down and talk to him about that. So that didn't happen. Yeah. So who I talked to was, I guess they were more like casting directors. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's who you meet with first. Yeah. And I was talking to them, and they were really, I felt, pretty intrigued about it. And they flat out told me, they said, you know, this isn't generally what we bring on the show. This you is bullshit a- because they brought in a guy who was trying to sell llama shit to them. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Oh, they, no, they, they. One of the girls that was there. I don't know. It was llamas or alpacas in a fucking water bottle. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> um, Whatever. No, they. the girl was pretty honest with me. She said, you Did know. Did you say you're from L.A.? Yeah. I think that's why. I think they want you to be from some small ass city. I, I'm just saying from. I just feel that they because you said you're. Oh, I'm from, you know, Southern California. I think there was a few inherent problems. One, they said, do you have revenue? Yes how much and i let him in on it i said eh, that's not generally what we bring on the show okay that's cool i can lie about it um you should have i know that I should seems have. to be what business is all yeah, about it's just, like it's just it's literally like pretending like that i just saw that documentary about that lady who was doing the blood machines oh you, theranos yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where it's like if, what's his face uh light bulb guy Thomas Edison apparently didn't have a functioning light bulb for four years, but he, but everybody, but everybody was on board with it, and it took him f- that fourth year. He figured it out. It's like it seems like that's a trend in in like this world is where you just like say you have it already. Yeah, I think that's kind of a, a trend that's going with that. An example is like, uh, I think more so now. It's um, there's a lot of promises that can't be kept, but. I think a lot of more, you see a lot more of these companies being called out now on what's your path to profitability. Like you can't, Uber's an example. You can't lose a billion dollars a quarter and this is not sustainable after a while. Uh, Well, I mean, how long did Amazon do that though? Long time. And I think there's, I think an Uber will be, they're not going away. Um, Are they losing money? Uber's, why would Uber be losing money? Seriously. What are they, they, I mean, they're they're fucking all those people. They're not making a lot of money. Yeah, that's why there's a assembly, California has an assembly bill that's going to potentially kill them and lift right now. What? Uh, I think it's assembly, assembly bill five. Why? They're going to force, is an Uber driver a contractor or are they an employee? Because if they're an employee, now they're subjected to benefits. And that's going to kill Uber's business model. 
and it's going to add a lot of cost to a company that's currently not making money so they're going to have to change but their whole price structure. how are they not making money that's what but I don't understand. They're still in growth mode. I, I mean, they have that app. It's like I mean, I know there's people working on it. the app. We're using we it. We all use it, dude. It's it's for so, it's so much easier than a cab, and and they seem somewhat. They're more honest because in a cab, if you're if you had drank a little too much, I think I've I've been in part of a not just it wasn't me, but I, I mean they were trying. They thought I was drunk, and they were trying to take the long way home. And I'm like, what are you doing, dick face? Take me home. Like, don't, don't fucking, they can't do that. So it was like, it was really good for if you, even if I had two drinks, I'm probably drunk according to the law. Yeah. So I'm going to Uber. That's insurance. Literally Uber and Lyft are insurance for me. You know, yeah, and, it's a lot and cheaper in a DUI. I don't have to find parking. Like when I go to Hollywood to go to comedy shows or things like that, it's like, it's so much easier. It's like, I, um, yeah, I just don't understand how they're losing money. I think they're still in growth mode. Yeah. They uh, they went public, obviously, and that their stock is below the IPO level still, and it's it's short term. Uh, anytime you travel to a, a big city anywhere, is you you start to really see like you were just talking about. You start to really see the need for Uber and Lyft because yeah. their plan is not it's not even with probably anytime soon. Eventually especially in cities again is that people aren't going to own cars anymore because of the parking you got to pay for parking it's a car that you're stuck in traffic all day so if you do we really need it wear and tear just everything, everything involved dude. and and you see it in foreign countries too like i was just recently in montreal and their traffic is terrible terrible yeah oh yeah there's a lot of places where it's really bad even like uh, houston has a weird freeway setup there's like a circle another circle and then like seven other highway a ton of highways coming in and it just jumbles up at, in the at when people get off work uh stocks are you a guy who does like a mutual fund or do you have like specific uh stocks that you're invested uh, in both i am involved with that with the mutual fund and uh couple other things i just did an ira because uh for the first time it's i mean things have gotten better for me like i was broke i've never had a savings and things are looking up but i had to do it too because i I used to itemize because i have a lot of tools and a lot of things that i but i couldn't itemize because of the new tax laws but i'd rather pay me money than the government so i did an ira yeah. And uh, so you you do that you max out. Yeah, I max out because um, obviously it's like it's probably fucking, the same reason you're looking at. Yeah. You look at what's the max, what's the best tax benefit I'm gonna get. Yeah, you and pay makes, pay yourself money. <laughs> pay yourself money and, and save yourself from having to pay it over to them. And yeah. you get, I mean, there's there's all upsides to it. What what individual stocks do you uh, do you like recommend to? I mean, again, this is not like if you if you fuck up because the economy is gonna crash. Uh, you <laughs> but gotta, like we uh, did, uh, did you buy Tesla when it came out? Yeah. I have Tesla. No, I don't own Facebook. Fuck. I I mean, I was paying off credit cards. I screwed up. I should have got Facebook. Well, I heard a lot. I've owned it at one time, but I don't own it currently. I still own Tesla, though. Uh, Dude, I missed out on so much because I was broke and I was paying off credit cards. And I said to myself, I'm going to pay off all my debts before. Because why would I invest in something that might? It's a gamble, right? It's all a gamble. And, and, I, and, then, gambling. and then I still have interest that I'm paying. So I wanted to make sure I had no interest before I started investing. But now I'm afraid to invest now because everything's like really hot. Yeah, it's it's tough right now. So it's I'm just hoarding money. Tariffs and everything yeah. and the economy and there's fears of a recession. It's But usually when there's fears, like a, that's usually that's the time to buy. Yeah. So that's weird. So I'm just what I was going to do. It's been a while. 
I'm just hoarding money, and I'm just going to wait for this the end of the world again, and then I'm just going to buy everybody's shit that they sell. Yeah. Yeah, I actually own uh, I own some cryptocurrencies. I got in a while ago on them, and they've uh, done pretty well. I got in at a good moment. <laughs> oh God, you got to hear this fucking story. So, first of all, I back in the day, I saw it when it was like a couple hundred. For, when it was a dollar, I saw it when it was a dollar, and I was like, I'm not paying the same price for this as a dollar. It's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, then it went up to fucking seven hundred dollars, and then my buddy was Mango. We'll call him Mango, and he's actually we talked to him on the show one time in this fake thing that we did. Um, he was telling me about building a computer to mine it, and and then I looked into it, and he says you need to get this graphics card, and it was eighteen hundred dollars, and I was broke. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. It's, I can't justify on a guess. And then it went to eighteen hundred a, a, a coin, and then I was like, "It's worth the same as gold." That's it, right? And then it crashed, and by the crash, I mean it went to three hundred, and then it hovered around seven hundred bucks. And I didn't hear about it for a while. And at that time, I'd read a story that some guy, when it got to eighteen hundred bucks, did a paper on it at school, bought twenty-eight dollars worth of it, a long time before. And then when he he saw, oh my God, Bitcoin surges, he found out he had a million bucks. And he, and he, so he, we had all these instant Bitcoin millionaires, right? So a couple of years ago, when I very first started Blackish, a friend of mine started bringing it up. Oh, Bitcoin's going up again. It's at back at 1800 because it went from 1700 to 800. I was looking at like Litecoin and Ethereum. And then I was like, yeah, but I saw this before and it's going to crash again. And then it, di- it did because it would dip and it went down a thousand bucks. And I was like, huh. And then the next day, it went to four thousand dollars or three thousand. Then so it, would, it works. Then it would dip, and then the next day it went to four thousand. And then I saw the other ones that I was looking at, and I was again. This was right, right when I was finishing off paying all my cards. So right when I paid off all my credit cards, everything was pretty high. But and this is how it worked. I didn't know. I don't know if the Cash App was doing this yet, but I went on Coinbase. Is that what you used? Mm-hmm. One of them, yeah. If you bought it with cash. It took like two weeks to show up. But if you bought it with a credit card, then you could have instant control. So I bought some with cash, like I bought some Bitcoin, and then I bought a few like Litecoin with a credit card because I was trying to go to Binance.com where I went and traded it for Ripple. Because my buddy said, dude, this is the one that's going to, something's going to happen. And Ripple was 25 cents. And it was a, it was hard. It was like hard to, <laughs> I had to copy and paste and you have to do it exactly right. Because if you don't, you just lose it. <laughs> so I sent it to Binance, which you needed. It's for some people, I'm going to lose them on this. A two factor authentication to make it work. And I had Google authentic authenticator and you had to type in this code that, is like a 30 second code and there was a lot of things that you had to do and you had to transfer and then it wouldn't it wouldn't happen right away and then all of a sudden like five minutes later now you have it so i had ripple at 25 cents and through the course it went up to a buck 35 and i was like whoa like and i put a a couple grand into it so i was sitting kind of pretty but all the other money that i had put in cash because i was buying i was buying bitcoin in intervals as it was going up and down 
but I, it didn't register yet. <clears throat> and it was more than two weeks, and it wasn't it wasn't showing up that I had it yet. And then it crashed. <laughs> so it works. But I had it. I tried to buy it, but I couldn't. It didn't transfer. It didn't say that I had it yet. It was really it pissed me off because it was more than two weeks. So I was like, I felt like there was some shady shit going on. I think the whole. I'm speaking as somebody that owns cryptocurrencies. Um, yeah, there's it's shady. Yeah. It's oh, dude. Yes. So even when it crashed, though, it came back. And, it always and, does. And and, and R- Ripple went to three eighty at its height. And I said I made a pretty penny with that, and uh, on Binance, you can trade it for USDT, which is another coin, which is basically the dollar, to hold your money in case shit gets crazy. Yeah. And I felt it was going crazy, so guess what I did? I sold it at what I thought was market price. Are you aware between market and limit? I got taught all this stuff. So yeah. market is an instant sell, right? But I pressed limit, and it was at the height. <laughs> and I, I didn't know. I thought it, I thought it was going to come down and go to five dollars, you know. But either way, I pressed. I thought I pressed market because I had been always doing market because I was playing the every day. I was doing day trading type shit, and I thought I. And then the next day, I woke up and I had lost like ten G's of what I made. Like I was still up, but I lost basically ten G. It went from three eighty to like a dollar fifty in one night. And I was like, what the fuck? And I saw it sitting there just waiting, limit. <laughs> like, and I was, it, I almost had a heart attack. So I said, oh, it'll come back, it'll come back. And it just went, uh, it went down to like 30 cents. And now I'm just leaving it. I'm just going to leave it and forget about it. And I check it every month and I just don't care. And I'm not, you know, but that's, that was me in crypto. Sorry, it was like long winded, but you no, hit a, you I, hit a nerve, dude. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't know you owned it. Uh, yeah. I, bought bitcoin in 2012 2013 off Shit. of uh <laughs> off somebody i knew that was a coder 700 uh is it 700 it was no it was less 300 400 it was, no it was like four something 400 yeah and i think it was like there might even been three something anyway it's well i bought it twice so he told me you got to get in on this. This is the next big thing. And at first I'm like, yeah, right. This is just you and your nerdy weirdo stuff trying to come up with things. <laughs> and he said, no, no, trust me. Put it, put whatever you can afford that you don't need right now. <laughs> you know, just throw it that's, in there. That's the way it actually. He's like, I'm not telling you to dump your life savings no, in there. But he's like, whatever. If fun, you can fuck you money. If you can throw some money into something. He's like, what do you have to lose? Worst case, he said it fluctuates. And he was showing me how it works. I'm like, all right. So I threw some money in, into Bitcoin and later on Ethereum. And yeah, Ethereum I, went crazy too. I still have both of them, and they're worth a pretty good amount Wait, of money. Did, did, when it crashed, did you you didn't pull out before it crashed? Not all of it. I uh, I sold some Bitcoin before. When it got I, to I twenty, kicked myself in the ass for not selling all of it. Uh, I screwed up. <laughs> I made my mistake. No, you didn't. You didn't screw up. I'm we still, all got fucked. You know why we got fucked? I'm right? still up. But you but, know what happened, right? What? The they sh- they the banks allowed the uh, people to short it. Oh yeah, that's, that's what. Anytime happened. you allow speculation, it's going to happen. It, it's immediately when the banks it literally. I, that was the point. Like when it happened, they literally when they allowed that, it was over. But once Bill Wall Street got involved, I'm telling you, that's what happened. Well, that's why the price of oil is high. It's speculation. Same, there was another thing. thing. B- there was big fish involved. So, dude, I went on Coinbase. 
I was I had some I had that guy over the guy who was doing shit with me, or I was on the phone with him. <laughs> or I, or, and 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 I was like, wait, are you seeing this? And he goes, what? I said, he goes, what the fuck? We were on Coinbase, and then they added Bitcoin Cash. Oh yeah, yeah. Out of no, and we were. I watched it live, and I watched Bitcoin Cash go from like, God, what was it? Something stupid low to five thousand dollars in like, in like five minutes. And it froze everything. It froze coin because I was like, I want to buy it. <laughs> I want to buy it so I can sell it. I was trying to. It froze Binance like you couldn't. Like it fucking. It was crazy. So like, wait a minute. Somebody knew this too at Coinbase. Yeah, they, they knew it, and they and they probably bought a shit ton, and then they just released it without telling anybody. Somebody at Coinbase probably made a fortune, and when it was five grand, they just sold it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That kind of shit. I. Uh well, he he started as a friend of a friend. Um, now we're pretty close friends. The Bitcoin friend of yours? No, this is actually somebody else. That uh. that dude is a he's got millions. The initial guy that told me about it, uh. he's got millions in it. He's got a lot of money. But another friend that got in early, uh. um, I was at his place, and he does that like you were talking about. He he does mining. Yeah. And I had I knew what it was, but I didn't know in great detail. I couldn't explain it. So I went to I his know. place and he sh- his office actually in Irvine and he was uh he's explaining mining to me, and he had his Ethereum open. And I looked at him like, "You gotta be kidding me! Do you is that 1.8 million dollars I'm looking at right now?" <laughs> and you would never know this yeah. dude has any money. All right. And he's like, "Yeah, that's just Ethereum." He's yeah. like, "I actually have more in Bitcoin." I'm like, "Don't don't open it. I don't <laughs> want, I don't want to see it." Well, well it's, you know what's scary about all that? So well, there's there's warehouses in China yeah. that are just computers. And they and they just they're bare bones computers that are just doing algorithms that solve for this shit. But it's not as profitable anymore because they've there's a finite amount of algorithms to solve. Right. And then the electricity bill is really expensive. And then the the computers since they're running all day, yeah, they gotta keep them cool. They, they they burn out. There are viruses that that countries are making to hook into your computer that you don't know about. If you go to a weird website, they they use your CPU. To, there's like people who figure that out. So there's like, if your computer's been acting funny, you might be getting my, you might be mining for somebody else, you know. And so it's a, yeah, it's a crazy world, man. No, but, if there's a dollar to be made, somebody will figure it out. And what sucks is, it, so another thing was, uh, Bitcoin was done on the silk, used on the on the Silk Road as currency to buy illegal shit, and some uh, the creator of a. Uh, Actually, I'm not going to say... I don't know if this is bad for press. So somebody that I know who's a creator of a TV show uh, told me that his son was telling him about it. And he, he said, huh. And he went on his computer. He has a MacBook Pro. Went to the Silk Road. And they were saying, like, if you want to buy acid, you just tell them what you want. And you buy it with cryptocurrency. And they'll mail something to your house. And you'll get a letter. And the stamps will be the acid. They they have these in like say like I would like a pet monkey and I'm going to buy it on the it's the black market. But they figure out ways to get it to you. So one thing that was crazy too was when he went on that website. All of a sudden he said his camera light would turn on and off because people were like looking at him to see what you know like they these hackers like you go on if you don't have what a vpn or there's like tor like there's a billion different things you could do to crypt to encrypt your ip address and you go to these places they're gonna watch you because they can 
there's <laughs> a I mean I immediately use VPN and uh, things to change my IP all the time yeah and I'm not even that crazy into it like I know other guys are yeah but. I'm I, I, I'm uh, I'm not gonna say my position right now but I should probably be in a better place uh, <laughs> but I it's like anybody out there listening you should have a VPN for just because it like helps encrypt your privacy basically helps you so uh but yeah. anyways um what uh what else oh you know what dude another something we haven't talked about yet we were talking about all your uh about all of your uh athleticism and stuff and i remember when i met you 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 let yourself go a little bit and now you're like all in shape again but you were always into these triathlons and shit like that are you yeah. still doing those yeah i uh yeah, this hasn't been too long now oh, a couple months um June 1st, I completed the Hawaii Ironman. Fuck. Have you, is that the first time you've done it? Uh, yeah, that one. Is it horrible? Yes. <laughs> um, it's the hardest Ironman course in the world. I've see, I used to see it on TV as a kid. Yeah, and just it's be like, terrible. So the swim, I actually finished in the top 3% of everybody for the swim. So the swim, I'm still good at. So I finished that, and the bike is... And it's on the big island, so it's a lot of lava rock. It's hot there anyway because it's in June. Do they check to see if your bike is an electric bike? <laughs> no, but I got. I wish I had one electric <laughs> bike. I could have really used one. But there's videos where people uh, they put like an electric motor in the frame. Yeah. And oh, so that's and that's illegal, right? Yeah, you can't do that. No how, how do, do they? So do they? How do they? Oh, if you do something good, I guess they'll check your shit, right? Yeah, if you're all of a sudden beating some crazy time, but they use some infrared system when you ride by and you can see if there's a motor uh, in there it's, it's like something like that like i saw photos of it where they're catching people oh fuck what about uh are you allowed to wear uh flippers when you're doing the swim no oh. can't even wear out that one you can't even wear a wetsuit because the water's too warm did you so. shave your whole body no no it doesn't work <laughs> it doesn't it works for swimming when you're coming down to hundreds of a second but that doesn't work for that so you just went all, all caveman out there yeah I, I mean i was not I'm, like, I'm a hairy guy i'm italian uh, yeah, so am i i'm hairy too but i wasn't hairy for that yeah. as hairy as i normally am for that so how how many triathlons do you do a year um probably on average i do more than probably every few months so i think the most i did was like eight holy shit but some some of them aren't as, some of them aren't as long as others, obviously. And then more than that, I'll do ocean swims. I'll do a, like a half marathon run. I'll do different stuff. So you still how? So if you if you do you train every day? I try to. Do you to. have time? Mm -hmm. How do you how do you have time? Do you have a personal life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like, how do you do that? How do you have a personal life uh, and just do that? Because like I'm I'm having a trouble with mine because I I work in film and just that one stupid job takes up almost all my time. No, it's difficult. It's you a just stupid, gotta stupid. I guess job. it's just uh, <laughs> it's just prioritizing. Like uh, I said, I don't I don't scroll on social media i post i post yeah. probably more i think that's misconceptions like oh you're on social media like you post a lot like i don't scroll though you should let me direct your next uh commercial yeah well you don't have to but <laughs> it's an idea um, <laughs> i gotta pull up this uh gravity thing that uh I did, but, it, but yeah, no, because like uh, I'm a big director now. I don't know if you knew that. No, <laughs> I'm not. But uh, I mean, I'm sort yeah, of. You got to start on. somewhere. Yeah, I was like me and the mm -hmm. Iron Man. I when I was gonna fully do that, I just had a on the personal life. Yeah, I have a personal life, but I think you just got to prioritize. Like I don't watch TV. I don't. I love sports, but I don't watch a whole lot of them. Like I limited that. Are you still Are you still dating that lady that I saw at the? Uh, now nah, what happened with her? 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> she was cute. She seemed cool. Yeah, uh, shit happened. <laughs> um, no, no love, li- no love life right now. No, not much one. Um, the, uh, you know, you can. There's time for it, you, and I don't, I don't train for like three, four hours a day. I mean, yeah. a couple hours a day is good. I think and, that's what I need though to lose weight because I'm fucking really out of shape. I'm in the worst well, shape of my life. So, Whoa, we're listening. Here's a kind of a rough cut. Sorry, of the video I directed. Oh, there's a little Uber sign because they got like permission to use it. Cool. This is not. This is kind of raw still, though. Oh, the music video. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually driving the car right there, directing them. So, my opinion right now is local uh, band. Yeah, they're well. They're over Orange County, but I mean now they're trying to gravitate to Hollywood. Okay. Um. What was I going to say? So, um. Yeah, so I did that training. I lost a tremendous amount of weight the last. It's been like a year, year and a half. Dude, I I didn't see you for a while. The last time I saw you, you were like, you know, I was not, over 300, in, not yeah. in shape. You were Bobby World. And, that, and then all of a sudden, I was it at the game I saw you, and I was like, what yeah. the shit? I was like, you lost some weight. So. Yeah, a little bit. Um, well. <laughs> Back then, I was more into, but I was, I was also, right? I was lifting heavy. I was in, I was, that was the funny part. I was still doing like ocean swim events, did a couple running events now and then. I was still athletic enough to do things. What do you, what do you My, think was your downfall? Like what made you gain weight? Sleep. Whoa. Are sleep. you serious? Do you have sleep apnea or did mm-hmm. you? Do you have the machine? Mm-hmm. Not anymore. I, I have it. I don't need it anymore. Ah, see, I, I have the machine. It changed my life, but... I, st- I think I still eat like shit. I, st- I still sneak a soda here and there and uh, I, a lot of car- sugar. Sugar's the devil to so me. So when I, when I actually started the, when I did the Hawaii Ironman, I think it was about a year, year prior that I just cracked down on my sleep and I just said enough is enough. I guess just, I was just done with it. I was tired of it. I, um. What were you getting a night before? Four. That w- and this is with sleep apnea with the machine? You were I, in four. I get in about four. Now I get six, six and a half. I try to at least, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about it. I'm really bad at going to bed. Same here. I don't, I don't fall asleep easy. I, I, I used to fall asleep easy, but the bottom line is, uh, I love staying up and I love being free because I work so much. It's like it's not like I hate my job. I love my job, but I love being free more (laughs) than I love my job. I was, I actually, I usually get five and a half. Not by choice, uh, by ac- by fucking non-discipline. But I've been getting seven or eight or nine on my break, and I've been going a bit early, just earlier, you know. So sleep helped you lose weight. Yeah. Did you did you chill out on sugar or anything at all? Did you ever drink sodas and shit? Oh, I still do. Oh, you son so of a bitch. So I, <laughs> well, so when I first, I just like I said, I got tired of it. I'm like, I got to do something. I'm just too. I like being strong. That's the, the only thing I missed from that size was I was a lot stronger. Like I can't even bench squat or anything. I can't do any of those lifts even close to the weight I used to lift. I, I'm not even going to try anymore. It's not, it's not worth it. Like I uh, always joke, I didn't get any more chicks because I was strong than, than now. I probably get a lot more now. Um, but I, uh, I just got, came to the conclusion. So I went to the doctor and said, I just, I just can't continue like this. He said, all right, let's put you through the, and, I, and I've done that's the uh, overnight sleep test before. Yeah. So I did it again. It's weird, right? 
Dude, I went in. I was at two hours of sleep because of some crazy job. Two hours. And I was exhausted. And at that point, I could fall asleep in five seconds because I was fucked. I was I had sleep apnea. But I couldn't. It was hard falling asleep. Did they have the, the did, mm-hmm. did they they had the mask on the mask the monitors they had everything on me they, when they when I they, think when they initially there was the no first mask time there was first. no mask because yeah. they wanted to get your true yeah. readings and I remember the very first time I tested I think he woke me up with like forty five minutes and he's like you know I got enough data on you you're you're bad he's he, and he gave me he gave me the option he's like you can go home because I got enough to submit to the insurance company that you you got severe sleep apnea. Well, dude, he didn't do that to me. He, well, he, he made me put the mask on, and I almost didn't get it. But anyways, go ahead. Well, he said that's that's the difference. He said I could, I could, I don't know, I think probably he wanted to go home. Lucky guy. Um, How many interruptions an hour did you have? Do you know? I don't remember the number, but it was insane. You know what mine is? 97. Oh, you know yours? Oh, I know you, mine, of course. Mine's probably up around there. 97. So the dude woke me up, and it took a while because I just couldn't fall asleep. They put this shit on my face, and he made it so tight, like it was pressing on my jaw, and it hurt really bad. Now, here's what's fucked up. So, in the mask, I guess there's a microphone. <laughs> and the way it was on my face, my nose was whistling, and I could hear it outside the door. <laughs> and I, so I heard... <laughs> I was, like, sh- trying to move the mask around, and I was like, shut the fuck up, you dumb nose, what are you doing? And I just couldn't go because I just kept hearing that. And then, uh, and then finally he woke me up. And he goes, "You're lucky. We got the information we need, barely." And I was, he was like, "And I, he goes, how do you feel?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I feel like you didn't get it that night, but when you had the first night, you wore your mask. That should change your life, right?" Oh no! So I he woke me up, and he said, "I got enough dad on you. You're you're severe. You're very severe. Yeah. That you're probably gonna get it." Regardless, your insurance company's gonna have to approve it. I'm like, all right. I th- he gave me the option. He's like, do you want to? He, I think he said too that hey, I I'm, I got to be here all night anyways. Like I'm working on some stuff, and I can hook you up to the mask and keep you under with the mask on because you've never felt it. So yeah, you know what? Why not? I'm already here. I don't want all this. I got all this crap hooked up. It's already late. Like I'm gonna just sleep here. Bed was actually pretty comfortable. You're lucky he let you sleep there. He was like, get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, no. he So he hooked me up to the mask, and I think he had to wake me up again at like 6 or 7 o'clock in the oh, morning. Geez. I felt so much better with just that one night with that mask on. Yeah. I had to go to work the next day. I had to go to work, but I was like, I, I, they were like, whoa, like you look like a different guy, even just on an hour and a half with that machine on. Yeah, uh, it's pretty helpful. So, yeah. I, so you don't snore now? From what I was told, no. Now you don't snore. I don't snore. Because I always snored where I was like, you know, Jen, she got used to it. So when I had the mask on, when I was falling asleep without the mask, I still I snore because I'm still fucking big. She'd go, put your damn mask on. And now, so now it's like, instead of like that. That's probably therapeutic machine for her. It is. And now I can't sleep without it because, again, I need to lose weight. But like where I would sleep through it, I would... I would. I now fall asleep and I wake myself up with snoring. I cannot take a nap or sleep without that machine, without waking myself up because of my. I think it's a football player thing too. Like my windpipe just closes. It's my neck. I have a big stupid neck. Nineteen and a half. Yeah, the inches. same problem. Yeah, neck size. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was. Uh, that's what they told me. It's like your neck size doesn't help. He said sometimes guys come in bigger guys and they said they don't have it and they're they're fine. But <sighs> a lot of it's your neck size. And they said the same side we have. 
he was an Asian guy that was testing me. He said, I have guys that look like me, little tiny Asian men that come in here. Yeah. And he said, they're skinny. And you look at them like, nah, this guy doesn't have it. Why are we wasting our time? They test them and they're severe. It's, 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 some of it's deviated septum. Yeah. And there's it's, there's a lot of stupid... What is this dumb body? This stupid evolution? Do you believe in evolution? Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? I don't know. What is that for? I don't know. Whatever fucking thing that I evolved from that had that stupid trait. Because I guess I'm supposed to... If I was a caveman, I think I would have been dead by now because of it. I would have suffocated my sleep. I wonder if cavemen had it. They were probably too thin. I'm sure... Well, as, he, as the doctor told me... Um, Do monkeys have it? Probably, I'm sure. <laughs> I think dogs get it. I, my dog, I had a, had dogs that definitely have some sort of sleep apnea. Do you have a dog? Uh, did yeah, he uh, just passed away recently. Yeah, we had to put our uh, Foxy. She's a Pomeranian. We had to put her down. It was it's horrible. That's yeah, we had to put. Uh, well, you met him, Georgie, the uh, yeah. Saint Bernard. Are you, so. uh, anyways, well, either way, what, there was. Let's see if there's a couple things in the list. I was going to say with the uh, weight loss, I went and saw the doctor. Like, yeah. I got to stop this, and he said, "I'll be." straightforward honest i said i don't necessarily i eat too much yeah at one sitting but i said i don't feel like necessarily eat bad all the time and i'm still exercising i was training for a race actually at the time another smaller triathlon i said i'm gaining weight while i'm training so the doctor's response was your diet and exercise can be 100 percent on point which at the you're training for a race it sounds like it is but if you're not getting proper sleep, that exercise is actually, because of the type of exercise you're doing with triathlon training, you're putting a lot of extra, excess stress on your body. He said, you're gonna gain weight because you're gonna be so inflamed and messed up. You don't work out at the office? No. <laughs> you don't do little push-ups? I, I don't know. Sometimes. I just, yeah, I wish. Actually, I do sometimes. Yeah. I'll go sit in the, sit against the wall in the squat position, but. So what's your daily workout routine? Uh, varies. I try to swim every, I try to, well, so of the three events that are in triathlons, running's my worst by far. I so I run just about, I try to run a 5k a day, which if you get down, you can do it under 40 minutes, pretty, not too hard. Um, so I try to do those in the mornings now when I, it helps me get up and I don't necessarily always run it fast. Just depends how I feel, but when, oh yeah. when did you start meditating? Cause I saw some pictures of you about a year or two. It's yeah. pretty helpful. Oh, it is. How often do you do it? Uh, not often enough, but yeah. I try to do it daily. Daily. I, yeah. There's just some little changes I made. I take cold showers now. Um, cold showers. Oh, of course, it's 500 degrees outside. Of course. You're well, <laughs> even in the winter when it's freezing <laughs> oh, cold, no, I take no, the. No, no, no. It's shocking. Them. I it's I thought it was stupid too, and I was always a hot shower person because my yeah. back hurts. Yeah. But those cold showers help. Do a little. Well, it's probably a little both. Uh, if you you probably start off with hot on your back and then switch it off. Um, so I was, a uh, my grandpa used to teach stuff, meditating and, and things like that. Do you, uh, focus on your breath? Yeah. That's one thing that, it, 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 because it, have you always had a loud mind or a loud? Oh yeah. That's the toughest part. I remember when I first started going to meditation, I yeah. talked to a teacher about it. Like, I can't, this just does nothing for me. I'm just sitting here just thinking about random stupid things. And Did you ever hear the monk? The monk, uh, this, uh, Shaolin monk was saying that all that noise, the chatter is the monkey in us. The, the, the prim primitive side of our brain, the chatter, he's always got something dumb to say and just always dumb shit to think about. And he says, the, the Shaolin monk uh, gentleman was saying, all you should just do is focus on your breathing because that gives the monkey something to focus on. It's dumb enough for it to focus on. But then, and then it, once he's gone and he's occupied, then you can... 
really it's all about my grandpa wrote a book called inner silence it's really really cool book about because he says in the very beginning of the book he says hey you're from the city right he goes uh and then you, you need to get away sometimes so you decide to go up to a cabin and you're like it's gonna finally i can get some peace and quiet and then you're alone and it's louder than it was before and because it's loud in here it's not just loud out there so the book tells you how to to chill that out do you yeah. have you ever floated yeah, yeah. I've, I've done the uh, sensory deprivation tanks. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, w- I always wanted to do that when I was a kid, when I saw it on The, the Simpsons. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, when it was, I found out it was a real thing and that it was like something that was not that hard to do because I thought it was only in like a mil- weird military base or something. But th- there's one in the West Side. I, was li- I heard it on Joe Rogan and I was so happy because they were like, when a- he would like say it and you should go to this place and they weren't even the sponsor and he they he just loves that place uh in pasadena just float you ever been there no the Which place i go is in orange county it's called float easy float easy yeah the just float place has 10 rooms one of them's like a bigger room but i always just get whatever's available and uh whenever i have a day off like i, I got it for my birthday because my girl heard me jen said oh like i got this because i heard you talking about it and i was like oh and i loved it do you like that it, yeah, yeah, I know some people struggle because they said near the end it's a little hard to breathe when you've been in that pod for too long. That's just I. Did you have a problem with that? No. Again, playing water polo and being accustomed to water and being scuba diving in the you dark. Don't even, it you doesn't don't even feel me. it though. It you don't even feel me. it because it's like so. It's your body temperature. So it's like I didn't even feel the water. It's supposed to be like you don't notice it. The only thing you notice is if you got scratches. I never it, had that. I, the scratches. I mean, I never went in there with scratches where you have to put well, the uh, petroleum I, jelly on I it. Put the, I always get fucked up at work because I bang into things with my legs and I always get these things. And so I always put I put it on because I was like, holy shit, like it, it does for a minute at least. But uh, it was it's a really great thing. And I recommended it to somebody who they had like some panic attack in there because they they like uh, do you want another beer. I'm good. OK. Yeah. They had a panic attack because. They don't like enclosed spaces, but I was like, but you don't even know you're in an enclosed. It doesn't feel that closed, you know? So I loved it. I recommend it, but, you know, people are going to, again, if you have some panic attack, don't take me to court because if you're afraid of small spaces, but, and if you can't shut your mind off, I mean, you you, you learned how to do it. You got to breathe and just breathe. When I was in it, I felt like at one point, like I was like floating through space. It was really cool. Did you get any of that? Did you get hallucinations at all? No, not hallucinations. I just... you fall asleep in there? I've almost fallen asleep, but it's... Uh, I notice I do better when I go there at night, and the one I go to is open till midnight, oh, so there's nice. a couple times I've been there pretty late. It's... Um, I, I just notice if I go there first thing in the morning, I'm, I guess I'm more rested, so I don't clear my mind quite as easy. So yeah. I do it at night. and works out a lot I better. That's a, good, that's a good idea. I want to go in, and so the... Uh, they have a plan, like my girl got me five, uh, and so it's, uh, I don't know if they do it like 60 afloat or whatever, if you do a plan or something, but uh, you can do two for one session, but you get an extra 45 minutes or a half hour because there's usually a cleaning period for between people, and if you don't have to do that, you can just add it to your time. I kind of wanted to do like a three hour or like a four hour one. I just because I I really want to see what because the mind can't do that it can't just sit there without stimulation no. so I want to see it create some stimulation you know because they said too because uh, somebody was saying well dude you should get high and do it I was like, but, and then they're like you don't want to be high because then you that's your stimulation yeah. <laughs> you want to be body's in different minds you want to be 
f just you and like like nothing no other external stimulation I, I really want to try to see what my mind can do on its own you yeah know? i've heard that before like about going there you just got to go in there with like you can't even use you're not supposed to use caffeine before mm -mm, you go in there like, you're not even really supposed to eat nope. anything you're supposed to go in and just clear your mind exactly it did, and so you never saw any weird colors or anything no well I always keep the pod black. Sure, sure, sure. I always keep it pitch but black. But I saw in the in the black, like my eyes would do this weird play with like it's. And I'm not saying it was something like extreme. It was like you would. I would see these weird glow shapes that would appear, and I don't know if it was from like if I was staring at the light because <laughs> there's some lights in before. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like 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 there's some weird shit that that come happens when you're in there and maybe it doesn't happen to everybody but it happened to me a little bit but i want to see how intense it can get yeah i'm uh <laughs> even i was looking at this uh meditation retreat it's a silent meditation retreat there's like 10 day ones i'm like i don't think i'll last i won't last at least right now is 10 days but i do like a two three day i think that'd be You've cool. done, have you done a retreat like that before overnight i've never done anything longer than that. where's it at there was one that was in Santa Barbara area huh. that got recommended to me. Um, there's a couple down in the San Diego area as well. And so you go there and you just you don't talk, huh? <laughs> there's other people there and you still don't talk. <laughs> oh shit! It sucks because you're even you know if you're single at the time you're looking around like man some of these women are pretty good looking. Damn, I can't talk. Can you use sign language? <laughs> yeah, I guess you can get your point across if you have to. But you know. <laughs> It, 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 it is, I think it's there's a healthiness mentally to going to a place where you can't blabber. You know, it's like it's kind of nice that you, there's no pressure to have some shit to say sometimes, you know. Yeah, there's other retreats that I actually got invited to one last weekend. I couldn't go, but uh, it's one of those like yoga meditation type retreats, but they actually talk and they try to. Some of the girls I know that were involved were telling me, oh, yeah, by the time you're going to cry about 20 times when we start letting things out, like, I just don't want to go to one of those. I don't want to listen to that, and I don't want to let stuff out. And not to say it's bad. I think it works. You know, some people are really into it, and they really get a lot out of it. Actually, at the last meditation I did on Tuesday night, this girl was talking about some internal struggles that she's going through right now and how the class, she didn't go into detail, but how the class is helping her. That's cool, but sometimes I honestly start a meditation, so I go on Tuesday nights because I dive Wednesday mornings. There's like a place where you go specifically mm -hmm. with other people. Then yeah, oh. it's a it's at the gym, and uh, the one I go to on Tuesday nights is in Huntington Beach. But <laughs> it initially started because I dive Wednesday mornings early, and I wanted to calm down, just get myself calm and conserve air and all that, and it's helped immensely. That's good, man. Well, that's awesome. Oh. <clears throat> fucking consciousness that's a fucking weird thing it's like early like i feel like you focus a lot more on it like when you're meditating uh, and, and like be, just being aware most i think a lot of people are and if you you go to the whole the, i've been painting my house tom walked in i had to tell him like hey you're gonna have to uh, keep an open mind because i've been painting my house so everything was in plastic and i think when you walked in the first thing i said if Hugh Lewis comes on, that's when you when you should be worried because <laughs> yeah. there's plastic. All I was like, "Hey, Paul, that uh, you go to that parking lot at Home Depot and you realize how unaware just everybody is in this world. Just the general public, they just they're in this weird bubble. They got blinders on. Uh, nobody even thinks outside of this their little world that they're in. You know that, that there's other shit going on. And you know, a lot of times, I think when you sit and meditate, 
yeah, you become a little bit more aware about everything around you. Yeah, I think when you're just stuck with, really, you're just stuck with yourself. You're kind of forced to. Yeah. Well, do you how do you get along with yourself, Tom? I do, <laughs> pretty well. I think it's a struggle sometimes. I think we all struggle with that. Because mm. I think I also sit there in those meditations and start saying like, "Why am I not better at this? Why am I not doing that?" I think you start kind of going through some of that stuff. Like, well, time, why don't I do this more often? Time slows down a little bit because you're not doing a bunch of shit. So, and that's it gives you more time, in my opinion, to think about the stuff you should do. How often? I I, I don't know if people in smaller towns need to meditate as much. <laughs> no, I think are, big, big, busy metropolitan areas. It's quite beneficial. Yeah, because you're always doing things, and time goes just flies by. It's like you need to slow down. You know, sometimes. Yeah. Do you um, you have a dream car that you that you'd want to buy someday? I said if it's actually because of the new business, um, not the clean energy a diesel? one. No, I said I would buy. <laughs> oh, a, the new business you told me about. I yeah, yeah, I said I would buy a Tesla Roadster. That's not out yet. I kind of just. I'm not very. I'm not overly flashy. This I don't think so with some of that stuff. But I don't know. I just I think it's good to set a goal with something of. Uh, material and yeah. that was mine yeah like well, i don't need anything too crazy i don't need some crazy mega yacht like some people dream of like i don't I, i'd be happier with a sailboat but yeah, bo boats uh, my buddy told me but boat stands for uh bust out another thousand it's because every, every day every it's always something that goes wrong uh well, you talked to me about so like the last thing the, like i guess to close this out tell you were telling me that you have a new business are you comfortable talking about it yeah, on here yeah because I know you said some of it's going to go over my head, and I'm and I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, it goes over mine too. Yeah. So you told me you were at a triathlon training. Training, and you and you somebody made a joke. I did. So the story goes, oh, when I was training for the Hawaii Ironman. Yeah. Um, as we all know, workout clothes you can only wear once. Whoa. Most of us, <laughs> I, can, I can't wear them twice. That's that's kind of nasty. You're talking about for a triathlon or just anything. Really, you go, I, I can't wear them more than once. I sweat. Uh, so I was training You're for a, a diva. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was training outside on on running and biking. I was just yeah. I was training for hours doing each one. I mean, at this at that stage, I was riding at least forty to fifty miles on the bike. I was swimming two and a half and running. Uh, probably about almost 10 some days okay so, so i was pretty hardcore i was pretty hardcore at that time and during that same era i was just piling up clothes in my in the corner of my room i was just throwing them in the corner every day i take a, my shorts off and socks and shirt and just throw them in the corner so a particular sunday came around and i'm obviously intensifying the training i think on generally on sundays i went down to newport back bay and i would do all three because it's you got the back bay, then you got the loop, so you can run and bike on it. So I was doing a ton of training, and I was I was like struggling to get clothes now. And it was a Sunday; I had to go spend hours doing this. And I just joked with, I jokingly said, "Why can't I? Why can't I just pick up my phone with an app and have somebody come get this and just do it? Why? Why can't I do that?" And it was a total joke because I was just being lazy. Um, so that particular day, I. I actually got on my bike by the, uh, I was riding on the Santa Ana River Trail. So it was just a straight shot. You don't have to worry about uh, too many turns. You don't have to worry about red lights or anything. And I'm just riding along, and uh, this thought just kept tumbling through my mind. like Tumbling. 
<laughs> tumbling, literally <laughs> like tumbling. The, like laundry. Like laundry. <laughs> it was tumbling through my head like, why doesn't that exist? Why really? Why doesn't it exist? Why can't I go on an app right now and, and just have somebody come get it and bring it to me later? Hmm. Um, so I started, started researching it. There's companies out there that do it. There's Some of them are local, like dry cleaners will do it. Yeah. Um, there's but they're expen- dude, it's expensive. They're very expensive. There's got to be a way to lower that. So that's it was very expensive. There was a company that does an app, but they also I was reading reviews on it and it takes them like 4 and 5 days to do it and they only deliver back to your house. They only pick up between a certain hour and they only deliver between like 8 and 10 p.m., which not everybody's home at that time or maybe you just don't want it back at that hour. So they only do that then again so i actually had a friend that lived up they're, they're not here you can't do it in la yet i just, i don't think so um they're in san francisco then they try to have pickup points and they uh um so I, anyway i had a friend try it and he said oh, it was terrible like I, just whatever and it was expensive i said i'll cover the cost just do it and i'll just pay you back then i was actually in san francisco for a few days and i uh I tried it and I, I even gave them a minimal amount of clothes because I was only up there a few days. I couldn't wait four and five days and they barely got it back to me on time. So like, I wonder oh, how busy they are. You know what I'm saying? Not very from, cause it's like, I mean, you could throw, I mean, it, do you have to separate your own clothes? No. So what That's happened, probably what takes a while, you know? So what happened was, uh, uh, just, they essentially are not. I knew, again, just looking outside the box, just maybe how my mind works. They are trying, they're nothing more than digitizing um, dry cleaners. They're just a, putting basically a shitty, unnecessary level, unnecessary added level of whatever in there. They're basically a middleman for things that already exist. So that's, they're not really innovative. You're not doing anything special at that point. So having a trucking logistics background, um, came to that conclusion that the only way you're going to make money with this is you got to implement anyone in distribution logistics knows what a hub and spoke system is so a lot of industries use it so you implement one of those into where you can have a quick turnaround you also piggyback off which works in southern california there's a massive rideshare driver infrastructure already in place so you use them because it's laundry opposed to food you don't have to it's not real time like if I go on Uber Eats and I order something and they pick it up from, I don't know, McDonald's, I mean, they got to get it to you right away. Laundry, you don't have that. You got a pretty big window. So guys can actually work and do other things while they have it. And they just have to get it back within a certain window. So provides them the opportunity to make extra money. That's what the feedback I got for the drivers doing it now. Um, so how far along are you with your starting your <clears throat> new venture? I'm already picking up doing, already, already picking up doing laundry. I mean, it's closed off. I don't have the app. There's a prototype app. It's not. Uh, it works. It's not sexy if you want to call it quite yet, but it does enough to get the job done. So like you, you can, rolled, You're just testing it out right now. Yeah. So we're only in Orange County. What's your turnaround? Under 24 hours. That's that's pretty cool. So yeah. where's the facility that do, the do, where does it happen at? It's in Anaheim right now. So we're servicing Anaheim Hills, some parts of Anaheim, um, and parts of Irvine. Who's who? Who made the app? Uh, I did in part, in a friend. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm not good at user interface stuff, but he is. So I did back end. He did front end. Well, there you go. So, so let's see. USC water polo 
<laughs> Harvard while you were working. A little bit of military. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, we got, you were the trucking business, or you, and then you got into the uh, Undersea Energy. Yeah. Uh, that's his company. He, from there, he's, he, that's been your main focus. And then he's, he's still sneakily dabbling. And, uh, and any other little thing you can get your damn paws on, as long as they're like you had the Bitcoin, and now you, got, and, now you uh, and now you have the uh, Uber laundry. Not, yeah. but we don't want to call it that. What, what do we have a name for it yet? Wash day, wash day. And, I, but the, and the app is not accessible right now yet. No, it's invite only. Um, it's not out on any of the stores. It's strictly invite only. How many customers ish do you are you getting? Like? There's 200 customers now. I haven't serviced all 200. I've had them sign up, but there are also people I know and people they know. Um, it's actually interesting. So the top people, I was just polling people like uh, I knew. Like, would you use this? Some guys are like, no. I'm like, yeah, you're also cheap, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised. And you're just never going to get everybody. But so where, where, where? How will they hear about this when it actually rolls rolls out? Yeah, you have to market it. There's some, and that's why I haven't rolled it out anything large yet. Because there's well, some marketing, some distribution of the bags and everything to be involved. So there's still a lot of work to be done. There's always work to be done. It never ends. What uh, What's your is your Instagram undersea energy? Yeah, and then maybe maybe on that somehow. You could start, you know, maybe so people can look up your business on Undersea Energy, and it's under dot, Undersea dot Energy yeah. is your website. Maybe you could have a sneaky advertisement on your on your website. Yeah, we'll sneak it in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, keep an eye out for Wash Day, the app, because it used to be a thing. Yeah, well, hopefully that uh, it's it'll be uh, worth it. Because, dude, I, I mean, I hate laundry. We all I, do. Jen hates. Everybody hates laundry. It's the worst thing in the world. It's a, such a huge waste. Well, I can of time. tell you the top people who, when I polled, who said they would use it, married couples, that both of them work, and especially if they have kids. Oh, kids! Yeah, they 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 are the laundry creators. They are the biggest laundry creators. Well, it was a it was a good having you on the White Wolf's Den. That's the name of my show. Check out whitewolfsden.com. That's W-I-T-E-W-O-L-F.com. White Wolf without the H. You can also check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Instagram.